Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at thedesignery.com. Cons and cons, confidence and concerns. What are you most confident in? What are you most concerned about when it comes to the teams in the ACC from the state of North Carolina? Uh, We started this yesterday, didn't get a chance to finish, so we're just going to start right from the beginning again. Uh, Beginning with NC State. Dennis, I want the bad news first. What are you concerned about? I'm concerned about this team and still doesn't have an identity, it feels like. What are they as a team? I feel like... Early in the season, that they like, all right, we have a bunch of guys that we can throw at you, a bunch of shooters, a bunch of depth, all this stuff, and it really didn't work out. And we know that the NC State basketball team, what Keats talks about, they want to shoot at a high level because they want to set up their press. Well, right now they're not shooting at a super high level consistently, therefore they're not able to get to their press. So it's like you, you know what you want to be but you're not actually truly able to be that. So right now, it doesn't feel like they actually have an identity. You're mid-February and you don't have one still. That's not a good place to be. By the way, NC State basketball fans, Pack Therapy Podcast, brand new episode dropped today. Mm-hmm. Uh, myself, Graham Hill, uh, talking with DJ Horn, leading scorer for the Wolfpack. Uh, my concern, as I said yesterday, is motivations within the team. Now that some of their goals seem to be off the table, right? A little bit of a long shot to make uh, the NC or long shot to make the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, coming off two straight losses, I, I found this interesting. And again, you can go catch the full conversation everywhere podcasts can be found, uh, and and on YouTube as well. Our YouTube ninety nine nine the fan the conversation with DJ Horn. I found it interesting. DJ Horn early in the conversation. I don't even know how we got there. Talked about how aggressive their practices are. He was saying how. Uh, like they, the, the the guards go at it, and and there are times when DJ Burns and Ben Middlebrooks are uh, really physical down low in practice to the point where he joked, "You're looking at it." He joked that he would be looking at them, going like, "Guys, you know we have a game tomorrow. Like, you're, you guys are going to be battered and bruised." Um, that made me feel better about my concern, right? Because if you have a team that's that's you know going that hard in the paint in a practice, they're probably not, you know, afraid to compete when maybe it's a longer shot in the regular season. But uh, still, motivation is is the number one concern when you get to this point in the season if, you know, certain goals of yours are kind of off the table. Uh, so that's my concern. What's your confidence for the, the Wolfpack? Uh, the guy you talked to, DJ Horn. <laughs> yep, mine too. Yeah, it's simple because that – his ability, I think – We've seen him this year. Now, new team, new system. He's primarily been an off-ball player. Mm -hmm. But now he's had the ball in his hands, actually being like a true point guard. But we know that he can still score. Uh, And I think that's something that he can do consistently night in and night out is still fill up the bucket. Over his last four games, he's averaging 26 and a half. That's good. He had 31 against Wake. Also very good. Um, There's something to be said for just having a, a shooter who's in rhythm. And it's like... How often can you get him the ball? How, you know, where does he like it? How many plays can you run? How many sets can you run to get him the ball? Um, and and I think State's kind of there with DJ Horn, right? The interesting part will be they essentially had a week off 
since their last game until they play again on Saturday. You hope that it, uh, you know, the, the 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 rhythm didn't go anywhere, right? Stella got her groove back. You hope yeah. keep her groove. Rhythm is going to get you. You you hope that the rhythm uh, is still there. But if it is, you you simply you work to get them the ball, right? You set screens. You you run them off all those. I used to call them JJ Redick off ball screens, but before that they were Ray Allen off ball screens, and now they're probably Steph Curry off ball screens. Reggie Miller before any of them, right? When you have a shooter, you you, you get him running, you, you you make his defender work, and then you let him launch. And, and DJ Burns can be that guy for for uh, NC State, as you mentioned, when he's not the primary ball handler and, and initiating the offense. UNC next. UNC had bronze medal, by the way, this this week. So, yeah. So they're second up in, in the two hole. What are you concerned about? Right now, for me, it's their on ball defense because we have seen Carolina for the most part pretty much since the UConn game up until this most recent stretch, when they are strong with their on-ball defense and their rotations are are strong, they're forcing a lot of turnovers, leading to transition opportunities. That's when we've seen R.J. Davis shooting at a high efficiency because he's able to get layups in transition a lot easier than trying to drive to the paint in five-on-five situations. So that is when Carolina is at their best offensively, is when they're able to actually turn defensive stops into – Offensive transition opportunities. Right now, defensively, they're getting cooked one-on-one a lot. Like, just and look at the Syracuse game. There's a reason why they shot over 60%. There was, there was a clip from Harrison Ingram in the post game. I, I know we had it, like, in our little audio system. I don't know if we played it. Um, where he basically said, like, we have to take more pride in our, in our one-on-one defense. I have that clip. Let's hear it. Look at ourselves and, and realize that, you know, we got to take pride one-on-one. Um, like teams were just driving us one-on-one and being like iso ball, you can't guard us, and driving us and getting layups, getting all the shots they want. If they out there, there was no shot. All those shots they got against us were exactly what they wanted, exactly where their coach drew up, exactly what their game plan was, and they got it, and we couldn't stop it. And that has to be specifically, I would say, wings and perimeter. Just a like all of the wings and perimeter have to take that personal because – I've seen it happen where there's there's one def- like your role is defense, right? There might be three perimeter players on the court. Two of them fancy themselves offensive masterminds. Then there's the defensive guy, like the Rajah Bell, the Bruce Bowen, the Pat Bev, right? There's like the defensive guy out there, and they get frustrated, right? Because uh, let's let's just give them names. Uh, Jimmy, Joe, and Bob are the the perimeter players for the opposing team. And Jimmy starts cooking his one-on-one matchup. So the defensive perimeter player is like, that's it, I got Jimmy. And then he goes over and guards Jimmy, and then Bob starts cooking. And it's like, that's it, I got Bob. It goes back to Jimmy. It can't, like, one person can't solve a one-on-one issue. It has to be all the perimeter players solving a one-on-one issue because, uh, you know, if, if there's a weak link, they're just going to keep attacking that weak link. Uh, and if there's two weak links, it's you're donezo. So I agree with you on that one. I'm building off it a little bit. Uh, but my concern is still uh, R.J. Davis from two. R.J. Davis's two-point shooting efficiency, I've been harping on it. It is shooting them out of, out of close wins. Um, they have not finished games well, even when they've made big comebacks, right? There's in these these little – it's not even a losing streak. They, they lost one, won one, lost one, won one, lost one. So they lost three out of five. In the losses, a lot of times they they're, you know, storming back from down eight and they're t- 
tied up or down two in the final four minutes, mm-hmm. and they just they can't finish it off. And a lot of that's because they just lose some of their efficiency when when they're driving to the bucket, when they're taking twos, uh, and and a lot of that's R.J. Davis. So um, I am just a little concerned with with him when he's not on the three point line. I should have made my confidence R.J. Davis at the three point line because <laughs> I'm still wildly supportive of him. Uh, launching from three, but when he gets run off the three-point line, I, I get concerned. What's your confidence? My confidence is that this team has the talent to turn this, to turn this thing around because we've seen them play against high-end competition, whether it's Kentucky, whether it's UConn, whether it was Oklahoma, whomever it was. There's a reason why we saw them play at a high level against some of the top teams in the country because they are that high-end of a talented team. They have the talent to turn this thing around without a problem. They just got it. Again, it's a couple tweaks here and there. You talk about efficiency for for R.J. Davis. 7-17 shooting in the last game, right, which is just over 42%. One more shot, we're looking at high 40s. Like, it's literally just like one yep. more shot. Same quarterback, Ryan. One more shot, and you're looking at a completely different thing. So, yeah, they have the talent but, to do it, and they are right there. But that's like it has to be one more good shot, right? It has, be, it has, good to, be, shot. It has to be yes. a make. Uh, you're you're also one shot away from below forty. Exactly. So, so that's that does show you how razor yep, thin it really is. It's and the, and the efficiency stats are kind of that way. And it's not like they're, the games they're losing, they're losing by twelve. No, it, they're <laughs> one shot away from winning, right? Because then you get to the free throws at the end of the game and fouling and all that. It might become two possessions, but it's it's. You're right. They're not far away. Uh, my confidence is the amorphous blob. It's <laughs> it's the shapeshifter. Uh, it's the Johnny on the spot. It's the Mr. Do-It-All. It's Harrison Ingram. Put it on a T-shirt. Um, I mean, he had a little bit of an injury scare. That game was a little low where he was in and out. But uh, well, other than that, the guy's been pretty consistently impactful. And, you know, I, one of the things I – one of the reasons I really like Harrison Ingram is because he does show up on the stat sheet, but he also does all the things that don't show up on the stat sheet. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he does the dirty work. He sets the screens. He'll – uh, guard one through four, really, sometimes one through five if necessary. He does, like, the dirty work, but then he also has a double-double. So it's hard to say, like, oh, he's the guy that he does everything that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. You're like, yeah, but he had 15 and 14. It's like, okay, well, he he also does some things that do show up on the stat sheet. Uh, so I like that he's both. He's a little bit of a hybrid player, which is which is pretty good. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete of Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, is it still true that a million is enough to retire on? Tim, maybe and maybe not. The most important thing is to get a real plan that gives you income you never outlive. We'll give that away to the next 10 people. Call right now. The number to call, 800-691-3215. Text TIM to 600-700 if you're interested in texting. Once again, that phone number is 800-691-3215 or text TIM to 600-700 for that deal. Uh, Wake Forest, what are you concerned about when it comes to Wake? My concern with Wake is that they play to the level of their competition, I feel like. Like when they play against Duke, they play up there. Yep. When they're playing against State, they play there. Like, they play to the level of their competition, I feel like. And that is sometimes it can be good when you're playing against really tough teams because you're right there in games. But it also kind of hurts you. And I think that's the reason why they've lost some games. Like, really, Wake lost that game? But they play oh, against yeah. Duke. Every they, loss. I'm like, yeah, I'm like how? I, yeah, how? But then, then if you, he wins, I'm like, what, how? Exactly. But you see when they played against Duke this past game uh, on Monday. I, I was there for that game. We're like, this is a tournament team. Like, that's what they oh, look good. like. Like, they're good. And then I see him play some games. I was like, who are you? 
it's if they make the tourney, which I think they they could easily play their way into it. Mm-hmm. I see them as like the last at large. They, oh, they're like playing in Dayton. They play in Dayton, and and their 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 tourney run has one of two options. They lose in Dayton, right? Yeah. They they lose in the first four games. Or they make it to like the Elite Eight. Yeah. Like there's there's no in between. Lose in Dayton or go to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. Something like that. Or or and and roll there. Like two double digit victories in, yeah. into week two or into the second round. Like that's the only way it's gonna happen for them. Um my concern, and this is very specific to the Duke game, but it it raises a concern. Uh Efton reads situational awareness. He had three fouls in the first half, couldn't play much in the first half. That's gonna limit you. Came out in the second half and immediately, you know, the way I've been describing it is, it looked like he was in a race to pick up his fourth foul. It looked like he was he was told whoever gets to four fouls first gets a, a new truck. Like it looked like there was there was that kind of uh, urgency to pick up the foul. The hand me the keys. And and Steve Forbes, by the way, said post game like that's that he really laid into Efton Reed, and it's really the first time he's had to do that. And and. Quite frankly, whatever he did, probably not enough, um, and that's concerning because you get in a tournament like Efton Reed is a is a seven footer that can do a lot. He's necessary. He is a requirement for your team playing well. So if if he has that kind of boneheaded moment, it w- it would it could it could be the difference between winning a playoff game, winning a postseason game, and losing a postseason game. So I'm concerned about that. What are you confident in, Dennis, when it comes to Wake Forest? That they can play the play level of their competition. And it's actually, to me, it's their size down low is really is what gives teams a lot of fits. And I think I and think Ma- it, Marsh I, I was pleased with. Another seven-footer who's less thought of, but you're right. He's, I mean, not many teams have multiple seven-footers they can throw at. They don't, and especially when you have Andrew Carr at 6'11", who can stretch the floor as well. It They have such a unique build to their team, and you have guys on the outside. Like, I actually really like Cam Hildreth's game. I know Hunter Salas really gets a lot of attention out there uh, in terms of the perimeter scoring. He is absolutely phenomenal. But the way that team is constructed, when they're playing at their best, they're a matchup nightmare for just about anybody because they can throw a 6'11 Andrew Carr out there at the four and you have Efton Reed. I, I really wanted to see what that game would have been like had he not been in foul trouble because Wake Forest was still right in there when he was in foul trouble and then eventually Carr got into foul trouble too. Both those guys were on the bench for stretches. I mean, granted, Duke didn't attack the paint, which I kind of blew my mind. But nonetheless, they have the depth and the talent, I think, to run with anybody in the country. My confidence is Andrew Carr. I, I think he's he's a unique piece in college basketball. When you're 6'10", 6'11", and you can shoot the way he does, you can handle the way he does, and, you know, the the like it's it's for lack of a better term it's a little Filipowski like right only he's two or three inches shorter because Filipowski's over seven foot um, it's it's not something you see often in college basketball um, you see it all like in the NBA right six ten guys that like to dribble and think their guards are a dime a dozen uh, but but in college they're they're less uh, less certain so. I just I I think he's a player that they can they can lean on as a matchup nightmare, especially if you can play him alongside Efton Reed, because then whoever is the biggest guy on the opposing team has to guard Efton Reed, and that means you're getting the second biggest dude on on Andrew Carr, which you know there are teams out there whose second biggest guy that plays big minutes is like six five six six, 
and he he would eat that. So uh, so yeah, Andrew Carr is my confidence. Uh, let's get to Duke. They were the gold medalists this week. What are you concerned about for Duke? To me, it's depth. Depth in the rotations because you actually look at, for example, let's go to Monday's game against Wake Forest. I, I've touched on how little depth I think or how much how little they use their bench, and they being John Shire. Outside of Caleb Foster playing 26 minutes off the bench, Sean Stewart played two minutes, Ryan Young played two minutes, Jalen Blakes played a minute, and TJ Power came in for the last seven seconds of the first half. Just to make sure, like, I think it was uh, either McCain or Roach didn't pick up a, like a cheap foul. That's, re- that's really all it was. So you're looking at a combined, really, you're looking at, it's a six-guy rotation right now. My concern yeah. is that eventually that's going to wear you down. Like, eventually that could, can yes. wear you down. It's a, uh, you know, there, there was, in, in my college football career, there was one game every year. And it's probably, you know, looking back, it was probably something that the head coach did intentionally. But there was one game every year where the uh, strength and conditioning staff got a game ball after the game. Yeah. Usually a game where, like, you you go into the fourth quarter tied and you win by 10. Right? Coach says something along the lines of, like, they got tired and we didn't. And that goes back to Summers with Coach JB. And then the, yeah. the strength and conditioning coach gets the game ball. Uh, if, if Duke makes it through their season as, you know, a top seed in the ACC, and they might be the top seed in the ACC with the way UNC's leaking oil, um, give the strength and conditioning coach a, uh, a game ball. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we had six guys and they made it. You it's, get a game ball. Especially when you get into the NCAA tournament where you're having to play two games in three mm-hmm. days. I mean, you run into foul trouble. You're looking at things get real thin real fast. My concern is Tyrese Proctor's body language. Uh, and this is something I know you've noticed, Dennis. I, I noticed it once it was pointed out. I started looking for it. Uh, he's not finishing games, right? For the most part, he's getting pulled with four, five, six minutes left in the game and just not going back in unless the, Caleb Foster fouls out or something along those lines. Uh, and there's two ways to handle that, right? One, engaged, leaning forward, first guy up, clapping, uh, during timeouts, up and engaged. The other is leaning back, towels, covering your your, your knees, um, maybe an eye roll. And and I I think we all know which of those is better, and, and if I'm concerned about it, which of those he might be providing. Uh, so that's my concern uh, quickly here because we want to get to Kane's, her confidence as mm-hmm. well. What are you confident in with the, uh, the Blue Devils? Jared McCain. I, I added another line. Oh, okay. I have Jared McCain, not a freshman anymore. No. He feels like a sophomore now. Yeah. He feels like he's he's grown up enough, and, and Jared McCain is de- more dependable than you would than you would normally trust a freshman. He has the poise of a senior. I like, agree. He really does. Very comfortable. Very, very confident in, like, who he is as a player. And then one of the reasons why I wanted to make sure I got to a game to, to see him play, I mean, I got to see him play at, at in, uh, in Chapel Hill against Carolina, but to actually like be down closer to the floor, it's like you could see the the poise and the mm-hmm. calm in which he plays. And it's you know what? If he misses a shot, it's fine. Like it doesn't phase him. And and right, he does some things that like old school sports guys really don't like. Mm-hmm. Uh he does all the TikTok dances. Dang. He does the TikTok, he has the painted nails. And and I look at and and I look at that kind of as like he knows exactly who he is. Yeah, super confident. Doesn't much care if, if you think it's weird, uh, and and that's rare. Like, guys, like what, nineteen years old? Yeah, I remember my freshman year. It was all about like you know everybody's just trying to fit in. What, what's everybody else doing? What what, what are you, what are you wearing wearing tonight? Okay, you're wearing a polo. Okay, I'm wearing a polo. 
Uh, you're wearing a button down. All right, we better we should check to make sure we're not wearing the same button down as if it matters if like the button down is red or blue, or uh, green. It's like okay, I'm wearing a, a blue and blue and red button down. Is that is that cool? Uh, meanwhile, he's just being himself, right? He's a he's a freshman that's wildly confident, which is why he doesn't feel like a freshman because most freshmen are not wildly confident, uh, a little self conscious. Most 19 year olds in college finding your your footing away from home first time. At Wake Med MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org.